Hey, just a little uh, pre-thing for this episode is uh, I recorded it at the worst intersection in the world, Islington and the Queensway in Toronto. I'm still there now, as you can hear. Fucking so loud, so much traffic. Big mistake, I should not record here anymore. So uh, I hope the episode isn't too noisy with um, vehicle sounds, but if it is, that's why. All right, here's the episode. Howdy. Oh, hi. You're phoning early tonight. Am I? Yeah, maybe. Uh, a little bit early, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm also in a, a weird place. It might be a loudish episode. There's a lot of traffic going by. I'm at uh, just this one street corner that is just so much traffic. Just the worst for traffic. So how was the how was the show last Monday night? Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was uh, They switched it up. They, they switched to uh, season five or something. Like some season I hadn't seen, so things were a little different in the setup, but I guess they just like jump around and do different stuff. But uh, actually I think I'll just jump straight to because uh, why I'm in this weird spot is again just, it's weird to just blab about whatever I'm up to on a Monday, but it seems to be working okay, is I'm on my way to a movie theater because they're playing Casablanca tonight. Oh, they're showing some old, oldies but goldies. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's only like $6 and it's like today only. and. Uh, so I'm just like near there, so I just stopped in at a phone. You've never seen Casablanca? No, I did. I have only once though. It's been, I guess, about ten years now. Let me just see. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna mess with my recorder for a second. Let's see if that helps. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's been about ten years now. I saw it in Vancouver in like a double bill where it was Casablanca and Citizen Kane in a movie theater back to back. Oh my god, that must have been deadly watching the two of them together. Yeah, well that was the thing, is like they're like these classic movies so I'd never seen either and I'm like, alright, well this is a good opportunity and to see them in a theater, like that's the whole point of moving to a big city is you can do weird stuff like this. And uh, and I was really surprised how much I liked Casablanca. I was like, oh man, this movie is like really good and just really entertaining. And I knew so many lines from it. And as usual, The Simpsons has referenced it a million times. But but it's just been referenced everywhere. And I was like, wow, it's cool to know where all these all this dialogue came from and all these tropes and all these scenes that I know, but I don't know how I know them. So I was pretty jazzed up. I'm like, wow, maybe people are right. Maybe old movies are good. And then oh. Casablanca. I mean, and then. Um, Citizen Kane was maybe the most boring, pointless thing I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> so, Citizen so, Kane is something that you've really got to be kind of have your mind set on it, and you've got to be prepared for a good, I've got it, about three hours, I think. It's pretty long. And it's, an, again, I guess like expectation really hurts things too, but it's so often talked about as the best movie of all time. And I really just didn't even get the point of it. I'm like, I guess some of the filming techniques and things were a little ahead of their time. But it's literally just a guy who is a business mogul, and then when he dies, he's like, yeah, maybe that wasn't the best thing. I kind of missed when I was a kid and I had a sled. The end. (laughs) I was like, like, you know, if a movie's going to be boring but have a message, that's one thing. But I felt like it did not. It had no valuable valuable lesson to learn, and it was real boring. It wasn't really a lesson movie, though. It was one of those... uh, One of those... uh, slice of life type movies where you just watch a person's character unfold, develop, and you try to, you know, you sort of figure out, like, what was it in his past that made him the person that he is in the present. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it probably didn't help that I was also 
had already just watched a movie just before that, but also I think just that that movie, the Casablanca, was so entertaining and so good. And uh, yeah, next well, see, to that. and uh, but uh, Citizen Kane is also um, sort of a, a statement on the life of um, Randolph Hearst, right. who was the big newspaper mogul in California part of the of the 20th century. Yeah, there's actually a movie about the making of Citizen Kane called RKO 281. That was like the studio title. And uh, it's like an HBO original movie. And it's really good. It's really interesting. I had a great time watching that because it was a lot about that. And apparently, like, Rosebud, as like an extra kind of fuck you to Randolph Hearst, Rosebud was like the nickname that he had for his mistress's vagina. <laughs> Oh, yeah. There's all that. There was all that uh, hinting around, even in Citizen Kane, that Rosebud was something very sexual. Right. Either a prostitute or something like that. And so at the very end, when it is the child fled, it's like, oh, wow. Like, nobody was expecting that. And I think that's what the big, why that movie was such a thing for people. Like, right. it was totally unexpected that it would be a child fled because there was all this innuendo throughout about his sexual failings and, uh, you know, the women he just couldn't relate to and, you know, kind of there was this thing, well, maybe Rosebud was uh, something to do with a mother fixation, you know, all this shit. And then it turned out it was a child fled. Yeah, I guess maybe that hurt it a bit too, is like, uh, I think that's a big thing these days is uh, people worried about spoilers now, just because information gets spread on the internet so much, everybody's really like, don't spoil the ending of a TV show or don't tell me what happened or whatever. And I mostly just kind of am like, whatever, like, relax. So you found out what's going to happen. It's not the end of the world. But I guess there are cases when it does change things. Because, yeah, I've known Roseblood was the sled. I mean, that's for my forever, <laughs> you know? Well, again, if you're watching that movie and you've, and you've watched all that kind of talk and banter for, well, almost three hours, and you're thinking, sex, 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 sex. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's a child sled. Thinking way back to the childhood. I mean, you know, that. And, you, and when you think about the time that it was made, which was, uh, I don't know, 1940 something or other, yeah, a lot of people wouldn't have had access to any, anybody who would have told them what the spoiler was. Right. So you sat through that, sat through that, and then, oh, oh, <laughs> twist of fate. It's kind of I thought you said when you when you seen Casablanca that the other movie they would have shown it with it would have been the Maltese Falcon. Yeah, I wish. I still haven't seen that actually. But uh, that's something I should keep my eye on is like when they do these classic movies. I guess they do a different one every month. And it uh, yeah, it's like a little tough for me to get motivated to watch a movie on my computer or whatever. But yeah, it's cool. It's like a cool excuse to go see it at the theater. And I also saw Blade Runner. I only saw it the one time, but I saw it in a theatrical re-release too, and it's kind of neat because just you can, in both cases, like in Blade Runner's case, you can just pretend it's the early 80s again, or with these movies you can pretend it's the 40s or the 50s, and just like, just for a little bit, just pretend like you're there like they were when it came out, and you're watching these movies. It's just kind of a neat feeling. Well, that's, uh, that, that's oftentimes why I like watching old movies, because I do put myself back in the time, and I don't just watch the movie, I watch a whole lot of what's going on in the background, like what the setting is like what cars they're driving and I say, I'd imagine like what would it have been like in let's say 1932 when this movie was made and I get a real appreciation for any special effects that they do because you know that they don't have they've only got access to certain amounts of technology and yet some of what you look at is remarkable you say 
oh my god, I can't believe that they actually created a whole city or a whole, you know, creature or something with the skills that they had. Some of it's, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty interesting. I think it's kind of interesting too, just with those two movies in particular, with Casablanca and Citizen Kane, is they do kind of seem like, like old, old style versions of just the sort of the classic paradigm of art stuff. Is you got like the fancy art movie that the critics like, and then you have the populist movie that people like. Because uh, when I was looking up Citizen Kane, apparently it didn't do well when it came out. Like people didn't really like it. And then the critics later kind of were like, wait, wait a minute, this movie's great. And then it just became this thing. Whereas Casablanca was popular ever since it came out, made tons of money, and people also liked it. And uh, I don't know, I think that's kind of neat, because like it really is, like more and more, I definitely find myself tilting toward like the, the popular stuff. Like I think that's why I watch wrestling and stuff. It's like, what do people actually like? What, well, like not what's supposed to be this big fancy pants movie. So I guess that opinion kind of was vindicated a little with Citizen Kane. Is like, this is the the movie that movie nerds like. And I was like, dude, this is so boring. <laughs> like, you know, you should check out uh, U of T. I'm sure they must have a film society where they show some really um, different movies. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, see, like, the, so there is stuff like kind of on my list. Maltese Falcon or like 12 Angry Men and these movies that I'm pretty sure I'll like. And then, uh, but then yeah, it gets too deep sometimes where one time at uh, UNB with uh, Matt, when Matt was taking film courses, we watched uh, Metropolis, which is like this fucking weird German movie from the 30s that's about like a, a robot city and oh man. Oh, I've seen it. So boring, so long. <laughs> oh, yeah, I kind of like that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I really have a hard time though, like I just have a hard time with movies in general, like just sitting still for that long and paying attention, I just really have a hard time. Just yesterday I went to this movie that Brad told me was okay, and you know, it's just whatever, normal movie, it's not anything special, but I don't know, about an hour in, I realized that I could get internet in the, uh, on my phone in the movie theater, and I started answering emails, because I'm just like, when is this movie going to stop? Like, it's, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, so, I don't know. I, I've pretty much fallen off TV now, like all I watch is Better Call Saul, because I just, I, I don't know, I just don't want to, I, I don't have the patience, I don't have the the focus to sit there and watch this stuff that I've already seen a hundred thousand times. Now see, I'm into big time, into Turner Classic movies, they don't have ads on them in there, then most of them are, most of them are old ones, especially those film noirs from the 19, late 1930s and early 1940s, they're right. all black and white and they always are, like really well done. They're yeah. usually uh, murders. I remember we watched one time Double Indemnity and that always yeah. stuck in my mind because I'd never heard the word indemnity and I thought it was identity but but that's a movie that people bring up a lot like I always mean to watch that again because I'm like oh yeah like people always say how great it is and I've seen it technically but I don't remember it really. Yeah Barbara Streisand and uh, Fred McMurray are in that. I even know most of the actors and actresses. That, well, that's that one thing. That is one thing that's nice too about going back to older movies. Is no one goes back to the real bad ones. I mean, even though I thought Citizen Kane was boring, it's not like it's badly made. So yeah, it's like you get to just pick. Like here's the ten movies of this decade that were real good. Let's just watch those and not watch the eight hundred other movies that were kind of bad. Well, it's like anything. Even today, you'll get some really excellent movies, and then you'll get an awful lot of chaff. Music on the radio, you get one or two things that are so superior, and the rest of it is just chaff. Yeah, yeah, just filling space. 
But yeah, I think this will be kind of cool. You know what else I love about this movie theater? This will take me out of my uh, being in the past thing a little bit, but uh, there's a Tim Hortons inside this movie theater. And just that alone really makes me like going here because instead of paying like 12 bucks for, you know, movie theater stuff, like I just never do. Like I never get the popcorn and the pop because it really is like $12, it's crazy. But since there's Tim Hortons here and Tim Hortons is dirt cheap, you know, you just get some Tim Hortons crap for like $3. <laughs> That's awesome. And you, you can take it into the theater. Yeah, it's like like part of the theater. It's like inside with oh, all the yeah. other stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not bad. Pretty good. Man, though, oh, one thing I really miss, like this will be one change, is um, like when I saw these movies in Vancouver 10 years ago, it was at this really fancy theater. It had a balcony. It had the uh, the curtains, you know, before Oh, the, the old started. style theater. Yeah, it was awesome. And things are so different now. Like this, uh, again, like I, I don't really go to movies that much. It's just weird that I've gone to two in a row. But it was because I was at this movie yesterday that I found out Casablanca was playing today. But uh, this movie I went to yesterday, you know, during the pre-show, I remember it used to just be the curtains and maybe a little bit of like gentle music. And then it became uh, no curtains and commercials the whole time while you're waiting. And uh, and now at this point, I swear to God, this the pre-show commercials were double the volume of the movie. I had to put in like head, my headphones, like earplugs. I'm on the phone, Neil. Neil. <laughs> you don't want to come with the dogs all barking in tow. No, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, just the just it's, it's brutal, like getting to a movie early because you're just sitting there being bombarded by crazy loud commercials and it's it's miserable. <laughs> it's like God, are they are they trying to like do they want to to die these movie theaters? Do they want to go out of business? <laughs> like why would they so do, do this? Do they have trailers though? Movie trailers? Uh, yeah, and they, then then and then the tra- this is all before the trailers even start. Like, it's just a non-stop, just, hey, you showed up to the movie 20 minutes early, just watch a 20-minute reel of uh, Coke commercials and different bullshit like that. Well, you know what, though? I suppose that's the only way those theaters are going to survive is with those uh, sponsors. Yeah, the other thing that they do now is, uh, like, this theater I'm going to, it's split in half now. There's the normal half, and then there's the VIP half. And uh, I guess they probably don't have those in, in... Fredericton. But I don't think so. What do you get with the VIP? You save more money and get the reclining seats? And yeah, like I don't think it's really worth it because it's really expensive. Like one movie ticket is $25. But oh. uh, yeah, it's like double, double the normal price because then it's like $12 on the other side. Except the only time I've been to VIP is on Tuesday since it's their slowest day. Everything's half price. So it's $6 at the normal theater and only $12 for VIP. So I've tried it a couple times. And it's basically, yeah, just bigger seats, and uh, they have, like, a little restaurant, and you can buy beer and stuff, and you can order stuff, and, (laughs) like, little servers will bring it to you and things. Yeah, I think that's their thing now, is if you're taking someone on a date, which is, I guess, a big reason why people still go to movies, you kind of have to do VIP now. Like, (laughs) it's sort of not okay, you know? Your date's not okay just to sit in the slum seats with with the thing of popcorn between you. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, and, and, uh, it is... Maybe that's how you get out of, uh... So, uh, going to dinner, I mean, because that must be a fortune if you go to the movies and go to dinner. Well, this way you can have dinner and the, you can have it all in one. Yeah, and it does kind of combine that. That probably is what they do because, yeah, there's like a little, it's like a little, it's got a bar and just like a sort of half restaurant sort of thing going on. I ended up going with uh, Joel one time because, uh, he was going to go to a movie with his wife. Uh, it was when I first got back to Toronto and I didn't have an apartment yet, so I stayed with Brad for a week and then I stayed with Joel for a week. And his wife had a real bad headache and couldn't make it, so I got to go <laughs> instead. Like, me and Joel went on date night. And, uh, 
Yeah, and it, it was really expensive. Like we each got one beer. Like he paid for the tickets and I paid for the beer and it was like the same. <laughs> like we both ended up paying the same amount. Like those beers were like 10 or $11 each. But, uh, but it was real fancy and real nice. And um, it's the only time I've ever seen a 3D movie that looked good. Because I really don't like 3D. It mostly is just uh, annoying. But because these screens are so crisp and perfect and VIP, like it, it looked great. It looked really good. So that's what they're. That's the other way, I guess, that they're trying to. If you're, if you're the dick who wants to go to the crap side of the theater, you get to swallow down a bunch of commercials, or you can be fancy pants and spend a ton of money. And uh, yeah, I don't now know. At this restaurant, do you go first and eat at the restaurant, or do you while you're watching the movie? I think you're supposed to go first. Sorry, motorcycles going by. I think generally, yeah, you get the. I guess get the food first. I didn't see anybody eating like that kind of food in the in the theater. I think once the movie itself starts, it's it's just drinks, but they will bring you like beer and wine and mixed drinks. Like they'll just like come around and get orders and bring them in. So it's kind of cool, but it's clearly not not worth the price, <laughs> but it is cool. Man, I'd walk away from that and say, oh my God, what a rip off. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was like, it was one of those things like I just wanted to try it basically. And since Joel had the stuff all set up, but yeah, I would never, go on my own who knows though I mean I guess it's always like weird to just different different uh, situations in life or whatever like I'm still constantly shocked by how much money Brad has <laughs> like like he makes so much money at his job it's ridiculous so I mean he, he's not a VIP guy but I could understand if he was It'd be like sure why not whatever <laughs> you know <laughs> what's an extra 15 bucks if you've got so much money be nice yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. That is something that is just so weirdly clear. Or like, uh, like uh, Apple is putting out these new Apple watches. That is, I heard about them. Yeah, so it's like a little digital phone thing that you know, like a watch that works with your phone, I guess. But the cheap ones are three hundred and fifty dollars, and the expensive ones go all the way up to ten grand. Wow. Yeah, because they're like have a gold band and you know have diamonds and crap on them. And like, that's totally ridiculous and just utterly insane. And I'm sure even at Apple, they're like, wow, this is this is dumb. But people are going to buy those. Someone's going to buy those. <laughs> you know? Yeah, somebody's going to, yeah, they're going to carry them around and they're going to be showing them off and they're going to get mugged. <laughs> Somebody's yeah. going to want to steal them. And it is like, just like ludicrously dumb in this case because it's not like a timepiece. It's not something that's going to appreciate in value. It's an Apple Watch. Like next year they're going to put out a new one and this one will be garbage. <laughs> so it is like pretty much might be the dumbest thing a person could ever buy. But I mean, someone's going to. It would be amazing if they like offered a product like that and literally no one bought it. But that's not what's going to happen. Well, you get the same thing with, with women though who go out and spend a fortune on jewelry. And then uh, it's so valuable, they keep it stashed away somewhere, and they go and have a fake one made, and they wear the fake one. Right. Like, you know, duh. <laughs> Why bother buy the real thing? Yeah, that really is a thing. I mean, if I saw somebody with the fancy Apple Watches, I mean, and I was like, yeah, say I was like, I <laughs> say I was a, a guy who has, like, that's my life. I'm a guy who robs people. Obviously, I'm going to rob that guy. Of course. I would feel like it was my duty to rob that guy. <laughs> like he's Especially kinda... since most people who wear those things, um, you know, they, they show them off. Like Rolex watches and that kind of stuff, you know. Was... Diamond necklaces. 
it was to, even uh, a thing yeah, with you wear them to show them off and well if you don't wear them to show them off what's the point of having them right but yeah you're just you're just kind of asking to be robbed even going back through like just the history of apple is uh this isn't so much a thing anymore but when uh ipods and stuff started first becoming popular and you know they were more expensive than the other kinds of mp3 players and they had uh these white headphones and now white headphones are are prevalent because everyone is, just wants to rip off the look of Apple, but initially only Apple stuff had those white headphones. So that was the tip-off. Like if somebody is wearing these white headphones, just reach, like follow follow the cord of their headphone down to their pocket, just reach in and grab the iPhone and run away. And that happened like a bunch, tons of people got their stuff stolen. And I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't know, it is, it is funny, like, again, like, yeah, don't you don't have to show off all the time <laughs> with how rich you are. Like, yeah, it's kind of silly. You know, and if you want to have uh, be fairly safe when you're out and about, yeah, just don't look like you've got anything. Yeah, it is one of those things where even though obviously you know people shouldn't be robbing each other and stuff, I just I do have a hard time feeling too bad. It's like, oh, so your fancy eight hundred dollar eye device got stolen. It's too too bad. Why'd you even have that? <laughs> kind yeah, of lady, you. you're going around with your nine hundred dollar Gucci purse. Yeah. You think you're slinging over one arm instead of like wearing it over your shoulder or your head so that nobody can take it. You're just kind of flitting down the road with it. I guess you're just kind of asking for somebody to come tearing along, steal it, and keep on going. It is one of those things, like, I guess it's just, it's kind of lucky in some ways being like having one predilection over another where uh, there's this woman Gretchen Rubin who wrote this book called The Happiness Project that's just about just little stuff you can do in your day to day to you know make your life happier without like radically you know going to do a Buddhist retreat or something and she did all this research about different personality types and and like one of the the distinctions that I definitely recognized with myself is people that feel better when they buy stuff and people who feel guilty when they buy stuff. And I definitely feel guilty when I spend money. Like, I don't like to spend a lot of money. It always feels bad and, like, good, <laughs> you know? It's easy not to waste a lot of money on stuff. Like, I'm glad that that's how I'm wired. It's just much easier. Yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, if I if I spend a, a, an awful lot of money on something that I... I get it home and like I really didn't want it anyway and I started thinking of all the other good things I could have done with that money yeah so uh yeah uh, and as far as like going out and buying anything that's really expensive I just don't want to I just don't want it that's one thing too like with people that spend 10 grand on an Apple watch I feel like uh like even if like maybe it's unrealistic to try to convince people that they shouldn't do that like if they've got the money and they worked for the money and they feel they're entitled and they want it blah 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 okay i guess but maybe we could like at least plant the idea that if you're gonna spend 10 grand on the apple watch you better give 10 grand to charity also <laughs> like you need to balance this out somehow or you're just a maniac you know? yeah or if you're gonna spend ten thousand dollars then make it last you for a good long while don't go and buy the new one next year yeah Man, this is the worst corner. It is so loud. I'm totally just in car country out where I live, and like that, just a huge tractor trailer thing just went by. It's brutal. The price I pay for Casablanca. <laughs> so, what time does the movie start? Uh, it starts, uh, let me see, I don't even know what time it is now. It starts it at 7, six, uh, 6 30. Yeah, so it yeah, starts at 6 30 happening. your time. Yeah, so I got a little time. So, that's one thing I wanted to ask too, just about movies and stuff. I always forget exactly how many kids were in your family. Was it like 10? 
12. 12? <laughs> I, yeah. I was like, was it 10 or 11? I didn't think it was 12. Yep, Holy it was shit. 12. So I'm just presuming with all those kids, uh, you probably, did you ever go to movies when you were a kid? We went to the drive-in. Yeah, we did. I remember when I was about five years old, I went to uh, see um, uh, Cinderella. Was it Cinderella? Uh, Peter Pan. I did see Cinderella, too. Like the <clears> Somebody would have taken me to the movies downtown on Queen Street. And Peter Pan, I remember Peter Pan, I was probably about five, because Margaret, who was only about three at the time, we had a quite a high back doorstep on our house on Beckham Street. And Pat and I were, Pat would have been a year older than Margaret, so he would have been four, and I was five, five and a half. Anyway, um, she wanted to be Tinkerbell. And I, of course, was Peter Pan. I don't know who Pat was, probably Captain Hook. Anyway, she wanted to fly, so we put her up on the edge of the railing, or she climbed up, I don't remember which, but we got blamed for the whole thing anyway. And we helped her fly right off the edge of the thing, and she smashed her face down on the ground, because of course she couldn't fly. So for years we heard this story about how we did that on purpose, it's malicious, hateful, you know Too, like, you we know, didn't do that all the time, but we did do it sometimes. I'm just imagining like a relatively, you know, normal car drives in and then just like a hooting and hollering, like people hanging out the windows car on the way out, just like so many extra people in the car. And sometimes why we did that is uh, we worked at Carl Harvey's farm um, when we were in the summertime, so we had our own money. So, of course, we'd be going to the drive-in, and of course, Dad would say, you have to pay your own way in. Well, Jeez, you know, you have to pay your way in. That money was hard earned. And besides, you wanted to go to the canteen and spend it. So did you just want to pay the guy at the gate, or did you want to have some goods out of the canteen? So we'd con him and make him let us off by the road, and then we'd sneak in. So that way we got in for nothing and had more money to spend for the canteen. I like, too, there's always, because, yeah, like, I've done plenty in my life of, like, you go to one movie, and then you find out, like, what movie's starting after this movie ends, and just go to the washroom, and then sneak into the next movie, like, back when I used to actually want to watch more than one movie in a day, or, uh, and now I guess the sort of digital equivalent is you can just find websites to steal movies instead of paying for them, and then go back to there, like, that's, that was the, uh, drive-in method of not paying for a movie, like, there's always a way to not pay for a movie. 
Yeah, when uh, Neil and I were going together first, we'd sometimes find a movie that we really, really liked and we wanted to watch it two or three times, so we'd do that. Sneak off, hide in the washroom for a bit, and then come back in partway through. <laughs> that was something yesterday, like, so after this one movie I watched where, again, I was so bored, I was just texting people and stuff. Um, yeah, after I got out of this, I mean, it's, you know, big multiplex, there's a bunch of different different theaters and once I was in the complex like they just you know you can do whatever you want but I walked around and looked at all the movies and I was like I don't even want to see any of these <laughs> like, I don't even want to steal a movie <laughs> but then I found out Casablanca was today so uh yeah so uh I don't know I guess that that does seem it's like weird to those little crossovers like I've been to drive-throughs but I I only remember a couple of them like you know that was definitely like the tail end of drive-throughs was when I was a kid yeah you missed a whole world of uh, like the drive-in was well it was a time of well you know you did a lot of necking and did a lot of just going to the canteen and everybody came up smelled like a giant hot dog after you were at the place um, they were fun they were they were fun. I remember after moving to Campobello Island, I was probably about 16, and a bunch of us decided we, we had to cross over the border, right? They were going to go to see these all-night movies that were um, just outside of, oh, I forget now where it was, someplace white or something like that. So off we went. Anyway, the movie starts at midnight. Um, God, they were all just porn porn shows. Poor <laughs> <laughs> Christ. So here I was. There was me and a couple of girls and a bunch of fellas. And they were watching all this sex on the screen all night long. Of course, and then, of course, we couldn't drive. We had to wait for the driver to be ready to go. God. Yeah, that was interesting because that was a whole, like, before VCRs. Like, VCRs really kind of killed that because, you know, it's like, finally, I can just look at boobs in my house, you know, in the privacy of my own home. But there was, like, all those, like, Russ Meyer-type movies and stuff. Like, that was a whole legitimate, like, kind of movie. And even, I even saw a thing, like, really early, like, straight-up X porn movies. Like, you know that guy Ron Jeremy, who was in every porn? He's, like, the most famous porn guy. Yeah. So he's been around so long that in his real early career, when he was young and handsome, which didn't last very long, Long. Like he was in some, I watched a documentary about him, and it was like this World War One movie, and like he was in a biplane, you know, like, you know, faked it or whatever, but you know, he was like, had the goggles on and was flying around, but it was a porn movie, but it had a real story, because it had to be something they could show in theaters or drive-thrus or, or drive-ins and stuff, and yeah, I just think that's interesting that as soon as VCRs came out, everyone is like, okay, <laughs> no more of that, we don't have to pretend to make movies anymore, we can just make boobs. Well, and see, and the, the drive-in was always very limited as to, you know, when you could see it, too. Like, if it was raining, if it was just drizzling a little, it wasn't bad. But if you had a hard downpour, well, nobody went to the drive-in. Um, I imagine the sound... You couldn't go until it really started to get warm. And so the sound must have been... June. The sound must have been bad, too, right? There's that, like, that speaker that you hook up to the side of your the car. The sound was pretty damn good, yeah. actually. But the people who drove away with their speakers attached to the car. <laughs> yeah, that must that have happened like, all the time. <laughs> no, the, the sound, the sound was, was quite decent in them. Man, that really is, though. What, a, what an awesome, like, that's going to be when alien archaeologists are, like, digging through different stuff and, you know, they find the layer of this car culture that we have. Like, that'll be the ultimate thing. Just a bunch of people came and lined up their cars and watched a movie together. Like, it's so weird. What a weird idea. 
And sometimes when we were there, we had so many of us. Now this is when I was older, when I was a little kid, we could take the car. So when you got bigger, you'd take a blanket or a sleeping bag, and the car was there with the people in the car. <laughs> but there were so many of us in the back seat that you couldn't see. So you'd get out of the car, and you'd have a sleeping bag, and you'd be laying there on the ground by the car, watching the movie. And oftentimes you saw all kinds of action going on in the car next door. It had a, a lot more going on than in your own car. <laughs> yeah, that is like, man, wouldn't that be, you know, I guess it would never happen. It's like, yeah, because like you are saying with the weather and everything, but like if that's how movie theaters tried to stay around, is like, let's bring back the drive-in experience. And I mean, because 3D is not like that's new. They were doing 3D in the 50s. <laughs> you know, like they're just trying anything now to just like, please come to our theater. And you can imagine, it was a great big giant screen. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, like, I, I remember, I the only, I guess maybe I only really remember going once, and it was like a double feature. And uh, what was that movie, Splash, where the mermaid girl got Oh, know. yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, Daryl Hannah. Yeah, like, that wasn't, I remember, I don't remember the first movie for some reason. I just remember that movie started, and we were like, yeah, yeah, we're good, and we left. But I don't remember what the first movie even was. <laughs> so technically, I've been to a drive-through, but yeah, I don't don't really recall the details. Yeah, I don't know who would have taken you because I don't remember taking you kids ever to the drive-in. Yeah, maybe one of my 800 uncles and aunts. <laughs> That's one thing I think is so weird too. Is like we've still got all these movie theaters, but I feel like it's it's mainly just. Uh, because they're already here you know we've already got these buildings and they got these screens and all these chairs and like we might as well just keep doing it but I think it's gonna disappear really suddenly like just all of a sudden the numbers just aren't gonna line up enough anymore and uh, they're gonna realize they could rent these buildings out to somebody else and there just won't be movie theaters anymore like I think it's gonna happen real real fast when yeah. it does happen that's how it happened with, with uh, driving movies, through drive-ins. They yeah. held on, for, but then they, they kept less and less and less, and then all of a sudden, they were just gone. Well, even stuff like, uh, I think the most, like, the, the biggest example I can think of in my kind of growing up is video stores, like Blockbuster in particular. Like Blockbuster yeah, well, I was. that they would be so short-lived. Yeah, it was everywhere. I mean, it was so, like, even Fredericton had two of them, and Fredericton's not a very big place, and now they're totally gone. And, not and not only did Fredericton have the blockbusters, it had any number of independent ones. Yeah, and it had like jumbo video, and then yeah, the bunch of little mom and pop ones, and yeah. Just... Yeah, and every convenience store sold video, and and then they died out first, and then the, the ones like jumbo went next, and then suddenly blockbuster was just here one day and then gone. Yeah, yeah, it's really crazy. Like uh, where I live now, like I ran into a random store that still has uh, movies for rent, like just a convenience store, and like that's like, whoa, weird, <laughs> where am I right now, what happened? It's funny too with Blockbuster, because apparently they had like a ton of opportunities to buy Netflix, you know, where people just stream movies straight into their house. Like, they offered them like 10 times different deals, like, hey Blockbuster, you want to buy us? And Blockbuster was like, fuck you, we're Blockbuster, <laughs> we'll live forever. And now Netflix is, Netflix is like, I read somewhere, it's like a third of all internet traffic is, in the world is just people watching TV shows and movies on Netflix. And Blockbuster is gone. So yeah, I yeah. feel like movie theaters, I mean, I mean, I guess they're, they're trying, they're doing their VIPs and they're doing their best, but I mean, it's just, it's just a matter of time, I think. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think that you, what movie theaters will be eventually just specialty places where you go, like you're going tonight to watch this an old movie. Yeah. Universities will have their film societies, and they'll, but but they'll be few and far between. Man, that was the thing too. Uh, there was this movie, The Interview, that uh, it was this comedy about these guys that uh, go to North Korea and they kill Kim Il Sung or whatever. And oh, that movie. Yeah. So obviously, you know, North Korea was real, real upset about it. So uh, they did a bunch of computer hacking and uh, threatened to threatened to uh, bomb movie theaters that played it and whatever. So Sony pulled the movie from theaters. They're like, all right, let's not take any risks here. Let's just not release this dumb movie. So instead, you could just rent it, you know, in your house for, you know, I think it was seven, seven dollars. Give me. So, uh, me and Matt just rented it. We were at his place and we rented it and he had some wine and I had coffee and we just sat there and watched it. And, you know, he's got a great big TV because everyone has great big TVs now. And we were trying to figure out, like, what could a movie theater have possibly done to make that better? And there's nothing. I mean... It was way better to watch it in Matt's house <laughs> than it would have been to go to a movie theater. Like, even for free, it wouldn't have been worth it to trek out to a movie theater. So, yeah, I feel like that's a real bad sign for movie theaters. I, except date night. That's why maybe the VIP thing. That's like the only it's the only thing now is like, oh, I've got to go do something on a date. Yeah, and you know what? Where that might work if you're taking somebody out for the first time and you're, you know, you're not sure if you're going to be able to cut it having a whole evening alone with somebody in a restaurant hey you've got this other thing on the side that will kind of break the ice and occupy your time and kind of get you over that hump right. of, of being uncomfortable with each other so yeah those might those might hang in for a little while or you might just get people who say oh no you know let's just go home to your house and take a pizza <laughs> yeah yeah seriously yeah it's funny too like um just, just uh, I don't know, stuff like how I got to see the real tail end of, uh, of drive-ins, and I really think I was born in a really good time for, for seeing video games and computers progress. How, like, we had that weird Radio Shack Pong game, and, I mean, that's pretty much ground floor. Holy fuck, it's traffic. But yeah, just like that I got to start at the very bottom, and then Atari, Nintendo, Sega, all the way up. But, uh, you know that show uh, Kids React where they, on YouTube, or I think I told you about it, where they show kids old stuff and see if they know what it is? They showed them a VCR the other day, and yeah, nobody could figure out how to load a tape, and once one of the kids like got the tape in and it started whirring and making all this noise, and the kid was like, is this thing going to grow arms and it fight me? <laughs> like, what, like, what is this thing? And they were describing to these kids, like, you know, the more you watch a tape, the more it uh, degrades and it looks worse and worse and you got to do tracking and all this stuff. And they're all just like, you know, it was it was funny because they they were just kind of like uh, they were like, oh, well, for a first effort, you know, it was very nice. Very nice try. <laughs> like, well, you know what? Yeah, you probably were lucky. You were in a transition period where you where that old the old stuff was just coming into well, it had been in vogue, but you knew how to operate it, and then you saw all those changes. Yeah, you've got a new, a new group here that isn't going to, I mean, they don't even know what a dial telephone is. Yeah, or I think a big one, too, is just, um, like, the world before the internet, and then cell phones with their internet after that. Like, the generation after me 
won't really be able to really conceive of the internetless world, you know? So I think it's kind of neat that I got to see both sides of that, of that divide, because it's never going back unless we do have some kind of super apocalypse. Yeah, well then it'll be really rough for anybody who didn't have a clue about any of that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I guess I should go because, man, this, uh, this traffic is rattling my brain. I hope it doesn't sound too bad on the podcast, but for me, actually standing here, because it's like double, I can hear it through the recorder and I can hear it in real life. It's just like, oh, God. Well, it doesn't sound too bad on this end. I can hear I can hear traffic, and I certainly heard that motorcycle. Right. Uh, but other than that, it just sounds like just dull traffic. Well, that's good, yeah, so I'm sure it won't be so bad. Yeah, these things always sound better than I expect they would. Oh, uh, word on the street, by the way, was that last week's episode was very interesting. So, the World War II talk. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, and, and I looked for the book, Mouse. I cannot find it. Oh, yeah? I know it's here somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I really, yeah, I have no idea where all my various stuff But I just dismantled that closet completely. I just kind of did a little cursory look because, oh, my God, it's one of those closets you almost, like, open the door and you think, ah, God, it's all going to come flying out of me. That's one of those things, too, like, if anyone had asked me, like, hey, can I have that? Like, I would have just given it to them, but I don't remember that happening, but it's possible that I did, so who knows. There's a big brown trunk here, an old trunk, though, that you've got some stuff in, and I might take it apart and look in that would to me would be sort of the place where you might have put it. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah, so I guess I'll go go grab my Tim Hortons and then try to ignore my Tim Hortons while I pretend that I'm in the past. <laughs> well enjoy Casablanca and just imagine yourself back in nineteen forty two, I think is when that sat forty two, forty three, something like that. Man, well, that's a weird thing too, just real quick before I go. When I was reading up about Casablanca, like it really seems almost like uh, like an accident, you know? Like it's like if you just make enough movies, eventually some of them are gonna be good just by the law of averages. Because uh, the guy who directed it was nobody special. He's actually kind of a dick. Apparently he inadvertently caused the death of some extras in a previous movie that he made. Because of uh, it was like some kind of like boat sinking movie and uh, he didn't have proper safety precautions and people actually what? drowned. Do you remember who directed that? No, because he's not a famous director. He's not, like, he's not good. You know, like, he never made anything else good. <laughs> so, I don't remember his name. He's not one of the big names. And, uh, yeah, apparently it was a total studio project and it had a ton of writers and rewriters and, like, it, it was just a movie just to fill a gap in a space and there's no reason for it... There's no reason for it to be good. And it just, by accident, was good. <laughs> so... Here's looking at you, Sam. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All right, so get away from this traffic, and I guess I'll talk to you next week. Okay. To see what I'm up to then. <laughs> Blab about that. All righty. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, good night. Bye. Bye-bye. I just wanted to record a quick postscript. This is after Casablanca. Which, a uh, similar thing to what I said uh, when I was talking to my ma, is once, you know, I was in, in the theater, behind the little ticket taker guy, it's like, ah, right, so this movie's over, I could go to another movie. There's like 17 screens or something in that theater, and there's nothing I wanted to see. I was like, nah, forget all these movies. 
probably for the best. But yeah, Casablanca did put me in the mood to watch something else because it was so good. Like, that's basically what I want to say is anyone who hasn't seen Casablanca, that movie is insanely good. Oh my God, it's good. Like, as far as old movies go, I've never seen a better one than that. You know, maybe there is one, but holy shit, it's just so watchable and so cool and so entertaining. And like I was complaining about Citizen Kane not being about anything, Casablanca is about something. It's got it all. It is so great. And it has so many iconic, famous lines. Practically every line of dialogue that comes out of someone's mouth is a line that you've heard before. But I found my secret new favorite line that uh, I never noticed before. But it's so good. It's when uh, there's this woman who's trying to get transit papers to get out of Casablanca with her husband. And the crooked chief of police guy, Captain Renault. She's asking Rick about Captain Renault and if he can be trusted. And she says, Monsieur Rick, what kind of a man is Captain Renault? Oh, he's just like any other man, only more so. No, I mean... I mean, that's the best. What a fucking great line. So great. So yeah, if you've never seen Casablanca and you're in the mood for an old movie, you could do a lot worse, man. That movie's real good. All right, that's my postscript, so I guess I'll uh, see y'all next week.